Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast, our monthly Malifocast for September 2016, where today we show you how to get started with playing Malifaux. We're the Critical Twits. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Vinsky. And I'm Joe Lewin. I'm much more excitable than you two, judging by that little introduction bit if, there. Well, people will probably hear this on the podcast, but not enough energy drinks, Scott. Okay, cool. Um, yes, thank you for joining us. Um, today, we're going to be taking a slightly different tack in our approach to Malifaux, because having ventured out into the wider Malifaux community... As the antisocial one of the group, I think this might be some form of punishment that you guys have uh, made me undergo. Yeah. And I actually realised I quite like talking to other people with similar interests on the internet. Get out. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Um, it's like that's why we started this. Shush Scott. now. <laughs> um, so I've been active on the weird forums, which is very, very nice. Uh, I've been active a little bit on the Malifaux subreddit on Reddit. I've been really, really welcoming talking to people on Daka Daka as well. Yeah. Really, really good forum on there. Um, all sorts of places over the internet. So, hello! One of the things we see online in the communities all the time is people asking, how do I get into Malifaux? What should I do to get involved? How easy is it to get involved? How can I start collecting painting playing this wonderful game that we all like yeah for those of you who are already involved in Malifaux you might also find some of these things useful for teaching mm-hmm. for expanding the gaming that's going on the community that you have in your sort of your local area uh, which is always good yeah. uh, we've recently introduced a couple new players to Malifaux so we'll be drawing on some of those experiences because it's been 18 months or so since we started this game yeah, and the more people that are active in your local scene in your community, the easier it is to get games. Mm. The more, the wider the variety of models that you'll encounter, different strategies that you'll encounter. So if you're looking at going on and playing in tournaments and things like that, mm. it's always really good to get more people involved. Uh, but just in general, having more people to talk about, uh, to talk about your hobbies with, to share your enthusiasm with, um, is always good. We didn't actually have anyone to teach us how to play. We did it off our own back. Yeah, we did. Right. I don't know about you guys, but it's not the first game system I've done this with. Me and Colin, for those that remember Colin, we taught ourselves to play War Machine and then taught you lot back Uh, in the day. Yeah, that was a while ago, that was. Just for those people that maybe are a bit newer to Malifaux, we've talked about Malifaux in great detail, especially in episode 7 of the Critical Twitter Gaming Podcast. Yeah, we are assuming by now you know what Malifaux is. As much as we love Malifaux, mm-hmm. the reason I think we see a lot of these posts online and a lot of people asking for help and reaching out to people saying, oh, how do I get into this? It seems a bit tricky, is because there are a few sort of pitfalls you can fall into. Yeah, I mean, the reason people are going, oh, this seems really complicated is, to a point, it is. Mm. Yeah, um, it's different in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a game that you need to approach slowly. Yeah, yeah. you can't just throw everything at a model or you can a war machine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the reasons are... So, the I suppose, yeah, part, part of the pitfalls is the fact that even your basic models are going to have three, four, probably five 
abilities mm-hmm. or things that they can do or, or happen when stuff happens near them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you don't have, here's my 10 Space Marines, one of them has a rocket launcher. Yeah. There's none of that crap. Yeah. It's literally... They have seven stats, and I remember they're all the same. And that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, in this, everything's got, you know, is, is very individual. You're... Um, even something similar like the Orderlies from the starter set. Yeah. Who is a basic guy who's quite low points. Yeah. Who heals at the end of a turn and is in, isn't affected by terrain and can do other stuff. Uh, he can heal someone else and has an attack that can do... St- and it, it quite quickly becomes a lot of information to take in. Yeah. Yeah. The oh basic um, system yeah. is very simple... Yeah. And a very, very good concrete system. Yes. If you've played Heroclix, it's similar. Not in the way it works, but the base system for Heroclix is lovely. It's very simple, it's very good, and it works. The thing that makes the game complicated are the models you are using and their yeah. individual rules. And that's yeah. very true of Malifaux too. That it's an elegant system. In very the, much that Everything so. mm-hmm. makes sense and it, it works and it's very intuitive, but each model having this many abilities and different mm. things it can do, you end up with something that's very deep. Yeah. So it can be tricky to find, for instance, crews that are easy, crew being your, your army, if you like, your yes, the you, things you're using. You are playing gangs in Malifaux. Yes, yeah. So your crew, finding the right crew to get started, because some of them actually are, the interactions in there and the way they play are very complicated mm. and complex. And people go, should I get this one? Should I get that one? We're at the point where there are eight different masters, so potential leaders for each faction. Yeah. Um, some of them, as we've mentioned earlier, cross over. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Lucius, who is the head of the guild in Malifaux, he not only works for the guild and can take their crews, you could take him for the Neverborn because he is a shapeshifty doppelganger mimic guy who is slowly working to undermine them from the inside. (laughs) So people can find picking the models to get started difficult. Mm. Yeah. People can find learning the system difficult. Mm -hmm. And also the the way that you play is very different to other war games. If me and Brian were playing, I would choose one model if I was going first, and it would do its thing. You can go, you can do everything with that model, and then Brian does a model, and then it goes back to me and back to Brian until we've both activated all of our models. They, yep. They've all activated once, and then we're we're done for the turn. Which in itself makes it a nice, a bit more fluid. It feels a bit more like playing chess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty much I, so. I'm. It's I, one of the reasons I like Malifaux over other game systems because I, I don't get bored. Yeah. Waiting for your go. Yeah. Um, while someone just does things, it's my turn to lie still, and my army yeah. does nothing while your army pounds it. The last thing, actually, just to mention, is also the models can be a bit tricky to put together. Oh. We've touched on this I... before. So um, you say they're a bit tricky put together. Yeah. I think you are massively understating that because some, <laughs> some of them are fiddly as fuck for um, a second I thought you were going to disagree with me and no. I was going to throw my pen at your yeah, face no, <laughs> Joe's got mad deliberately winding you up yeah. for example there is um, the model I always use as an example is the, the zombie chihuahua it's roughly yeah. the size of a space marine's face and comes in three or four in, parts in, yeah in real life you, yeah. if you glued 
Your thumbnail. You're, if you're British, yeah. Um, five Tic Tacs glued together, <laughs> roughly. Fought <laughs> about the body with one for its head. What, for the Chihuahua? Yeah. No. <laughs> the main body's the size of a Tic Tac. Okay. And you stick a couple yeah. of tiny bits to it. Yeah. And it's, it comes in four pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's if you insane. imagine a Tic Tac came in four bits um, and you had to shape it into a dog, that's essentially yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> God, we've put everyone off now. <laughs> cool. So oh, we still love it. Which that's is, all right. That is the thing. Yeah. If you're still listening, <laughs> here's how to go about picking a starting crew. Yeah. Uh, well, what we thought we'd start with, there is a starter box for Malifaux. We yes. have used the starter box. I'm yeah. the only one that owns the starter box because the way of these things is I tend to buy stuff. Then Joe will if he likes it, and then you just... I, I just use other people's stuff. Yeah. I, I love the fact that none of you have got any self-control. I get free things. It's great. You're, you're like a bottom feeder. Yep. Inside the starter box, you get four models each for two different factions. Yeah. Yes. You get some guild, and you get some neverborn. So you've got the original inhabitants of Malifaux and the current new ruling class of humans in Malifaux. You also get two fate decks, mm-hmm. so you've got enough for two people to play. Yep. Which is good. Just to jump in with the fake decks, yep. um, they are just a standard pack of playing cards with both jokers included. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if you have a pl- set of playing cards that you really like, you can use those. You don't actually have to buy a fake deck or use one of their fancy yeah. ones. In the rule book, um, on the back of some of the fake deck boxes and everything, there is a conversion thing that shows you what counts as yeah. what. You, it changes the name of the suits, yeah. yep. but it keeps a similar shape. Yes. So masks, for instance, are diamonds. diamonds, and quite often the mask symbol will look a bit like yeah. a diamond. So yeah, you don't need those. You can make do. There are also lots and lots of other fate decks out there if you wanted to go in for those including quite a lot of them that are now plastic coated Mm. so they don't get marked they don't get they don't get stuck together uh, quite the opposite in fact yeah (laughs) i don't actually like the really really the the thicker plastic ones i don't like because every time i pick my deck up i squeeze i accidentally squeeze it and they go flying everywhere joe thinks i'm an idiot because yeah they're my favorite Um, they do feel pre-lubricated to be fair it's just you just stop being sweaty i can't help it you also get in there two tape measures yeah now please bear in mind that these tape measures are rubbish (laughs) they look nice one is one is red one is purple they've got the symbols of different things on much like the fate decks one is themed mm. for the guild one is themed for the neverborn they're quite nice but but paper when you card. say tape measure <laughs> it's in its loosest form they are <laughs> fabric they'd be really good if you were trying to measure like your around your chest or something because yeah, they're, yeah. they're quite they're, they're incredibly floppy but it makes it very difficult to measure distances in a game yeah. yes um, if you buy the starter set when you do it from your local hobby shop also buy some good tape measures yeah buy um, tape measure when buying tape measures one. <laughs> do avoid the problem I found while teaching a friend how to play Malifaux in that some modern tape measures don't have inches on because they're made of poo yes um, and that makes it very hard because you have to add in a lots of maths yes mm. if you live in that there Europe um, then you'll need inches it also comes with a book that teaches you how to play and takes you through how to play the game now you might not want the actual starter box itself although the models in there are mercenaries so even if you decide after buying the box that you want to go off and play gremlins you could use those models yeah in any crew in the entire game they're okay they're not brilliant models in a 
super competitive. These are brilliant. You must take them, kind of way. No, they're not. They're not your top tier. No. Yeah. But Generally, you'll find something that that has synergy with your masters will be better. Yeah, but I mean, how many times while we were playing through the starter box recently for someone did you go? Oh, I might put them in. Oh, they're really yes. good. Oh, they can do this. Yeah. The, the crazy doctor that you get, Dr. Grimwell, with his lobotomizing handsaw of doom, uh, he's actually, he is really, really good mm. and goes really nicely in with the Sonya models I've got. Angel Eyes will go quite nicely in quite a lot of my Neverborn lists because she can actually shoot a gun and Neverborn suffer from a lack of range. Yeah. <laughs> They're nice models. Now, what they've done is they've actually flipped the general dynamic because normally it's Neverborn that are close combatty and Guild that are shooty. Mm. And they flip that round, which is really cool for me buying that to add in, yeah. but not actually the best way of introducing the game, because you're actually showing factions doing the things they're not so good at. Um, it's, uh, it's slightly counterintuitive. Well, I don't know. It depends on. I mean, yeah, if you were going to base your future buying on all oh, these guys are really good range. I like range combat. Yeah, fair enough. But but it's there to introduce you, teach you the game. And give you some nice models to play with at a time. So it gives you the backbone. If you decide to then go buy Neverborn, you've then got the ranged backbone that they normally need. Yeah, the extra the extra two models that can shoot in there are actually quite yeah. useful. The the two the two thing the two standard minions that are in there are quite good scheme runners. Yeah. But the, they have a lot of scheme runners in Neverborn. They also, um, we'll discuss what that actually means in a minute. <laughs> yeah, they they have quite a nice uh, bit at the back of the book that does tell you how each of them play, how each faction plays. Roughly. Yeah, yeah. Some good suggestions for starter boxes and stuff so like nice. that that complement the models in the box as well. Yeah. So I can see it from both point of views, but I quite like what they've done in yeah. the starter box. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. I just found it quite odd that they've given you. It is this is your, if this is your introduction to Malifaux. You could get completely the wrong impression of probably the two, and I'll put quotes around it, but the two major factions. Yeah, I like the way, though, that the, the book breaks the game down. It starts off... Now, this, this is when, when we go through this. If you are choosing to skip buying the starter box and go straight in for... Um, A crew of your own. Yeah, yep. I suggest you take the format we're going to discuss now... Mm-hmm. To learn how to play. And mm-hmm. use it, because yeah. it's... As a as a very seasoned wargamer, yeah, I wasn't so keen because I like jumping in and figuring things out. But yes. I know Aaron, I, I I needed that way of introducing it to yeah. actually get my head around it we, because it broke everything down just enough that I could get grasp of one thing before introducing the next. We and, taught you wrong to yeah. start with. I wouldn't teach Joe in the same way. No, because he w- without knowing what why that does that. It yeah. makes no sense yeah. for Joe. Yeah, it'd annoy the crap out of yeah. me. Whereas for me, it's like, I need to understand how that works and then I can branch out afterwards. But the two new people we've introduced recently, we both, we've used the starter box for both of them and mm-hmm. had good results. Yeah. And what it starts off with is a couple models, the two easiest models in each box against yeah. each other, just teaching you how to move, how to fight, how to do duels, which we'll cover later. Yeah. Um, how to just basically do the basics, get models moving around, hurting each other and fighting. Yep. Then it builds in some of the more complex ideas by adding another model in. I don't quite like the way it's broken down across the first three. Okay. Into four and five, I think is fine. Mm. Yeah. But number one, 
you both stood in the corridor, mm-hmm. yeah, and you were literally just flipping cards at each other, punching each other in the face. Yeah, and this yeah. is the other thing. It's this is kind of laid out. The book's laid out like a little story, so you're playing a little yeah, yeah a little narrative, campaign. and it's yeah. very very nice. Yeah. Um, number two, there's movement and punching. Yeah. Ooh. Number three, it then goes here's five new things to add in. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of those things that I think could have been moved across. I have an extra. No, I think you could put a couple more things in number two. Okay, so you wouldn't have broken or, it down. Or, no. or keep it straight for number one. The one thing I don't like that they've taken a while to get in is the difference in cards. Oh, numbers. yeah. Because they, they introduce, this is something I hate, they introduce you to something in the first one, and then in number three go, you've been doing this the, in easy mode, this is how it's actually done. Mm. So we've taught you to do it this way, and actually it's kind of... This more way. complicated than that yeah. yeah and I don't like unlearning something and learning something again yeah yeah I didn't I found that more I get where you're coming from yeah. and this might be because I played a few games previous to this so maybe it didn't cause as much conflict but I found it was more of a okay you've been playing it this way let's add this on this is something else you've got to consider with this as well so I wasn't necessarily unlearning that yeah. I was just adding an extra rule to keep an eye out on I mean, which yeah. again it, it Helped stop that feeling too overwhelming. Don't get me yeah. wrong, it's probably one of the best intro boxes that I've played for a war game. I would have done things slightly different personally. Yeah. It then adds in the idea of triggers, mm-hmm. which are abilities that activate depending on which suit of cards you, or which suit in the deck you have flipped yeah. the the card that you're you're using to activate the ability these are really really key this is where a lot of the complexity in Malifaux comes in because yes. you might think well it's a it, i need a ram i've only got a one in four chance of that happening but not if you've got a control hand yeah because you'll keep back your rams to activate those abilities yeah. to yeah. use them and that's where a lot of i think that's something that a lot of people aren't used to in a game well the that level of yeah. Control. Yes. Yeah, because it's a completely new system. Yes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful, but yeah. it is that little bit more complicated. Yeah. Again, it's hard learning a bit. Keeps me coming back to Malifaux because yes. there's there's a depth of strategy to it that you don't get just from I'm going to do this and I roll two dice. I don't know. I mean, because I'm not necessarily one for things being too overly complex with a game. As taken me a bit of time to actually get into Malifaux because it was complex from start without that Starbox. But now I've learned to appreciate that more, I think. And I think Malifaux is very good at letting you appreciate why more complex gives you more options. I don't feel was cornered in anymore outside of me making mistakes rather than I'm cornered in War Machine because some dice rolls are somebody else's side of the yeah. table and some models have done something that I yeah. can do nothing about. I, th- I like the starter set because it teaches you the core rules. So yes. it slowly builds up so you know how the systems that are there work. Yeah. And then being able to apply those systems to new models is quite easy once you've got yeah. a good grasp on how it works. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing it does is it builds up the victory conditions as well. Yes. It doesn't yes. get to the full choice of victory conditions, the strategies and schemes as they are in a proper game, but it does add in the idea of, okay, so not only are you fighting people, you're actually trying to draw or scrub off arcane symbols on the scenery around you Um, or you will get points for killing that person as well as for doing your other thing and it this is the other thing where it differs you play you play a game of of war machine or warmer hordes and you kill the opponent's leader and you win no matter what else is going on you might only have one model left and they've not lost anybody else but you win because you've assassinated their leader yeah in in 
Malifaux, you can win without killing a single enemy model. Yep. Uh, because one, you can do all sorts of other things. Yeah, I mean, one of our first games, you killed every single thing I had on the table. Yes. I think by the end of it, out of spite. Yeah, I, I, um, I realised I'd lost already, so I just petulantly murdered everything you <laughs> had. Um, but in that game, I won something like 7-5 in victory points. Yes. So losing all of your things isn't the end of the game yeah. um, and I think a lot of people struggle when they come in from playing more straightforward war games or skirmish yeah. games where you just expect to kill lots of stuff and that's kind of the thing and yeah they took a model off I must be winning yeah. uh, no because the other things they're doing are setting fire to that or stealing this hostage yeah. or planting this evidence and suddenly actually you're, you're, you're thinking about objectives complex yeah. objectives and some of those objectives involve you losing a model specifically to them yes you know that's that was a weird thing for me to grasp my head from for a start I need to die that's, yeah. that's odd yeah I don't uh, we're going to frame their boss for murdering Jeff don't tell Jeff but kick him forwards and hope that their <laughs> boss kills him yeah at the beginning of the game you generate your pool of screen schemes and strategies yeah. things that you need to achieve and if say assassinate doesn't come up your leader dying doesn't matter for shit. It's it's an interesting way of doing things. Yeah, and I like the way the starter box builds that in slowly. Yeah. And I really do recommend a lot. When we first played our first games, we were we were generating um, a strategy, which is shared. Yeah. You then always have a scheme called line in the sand, or there's there are some new convict schemes. labor is convict, the new one. Convict labor in the new ones that were released yeah. for tournament yeah. play. You then generate four more and pick two out of the five that are available. So yeah. you have a shared one that you know your opponent's trying to do. You then pick two, which you ca sometimes can reveal for extra points, but sometimes not, and you might want to keep it back or you might want to reveal it and, and do things. Mm -hmm. You've then got the fact that what has your opponent taken? Yep. You need to take into account what they're doing as well. And when you're trying to learn the basics of how your models work and how you move and how you fight and all that sort of thing, it's a lot to take in, yeah. and it needs to be broken down. Yeah. No, it is. It is very difficult to um, put enough emphasis on how good the start set is. Yeah. Yes. Even even as a like, if if going back, I would probably have convinced Brian to buy the starter set. Yeah. Um, initially, so yeah. we could have all used it. Yeah. Well, I I started before the starter set came yeah. out, yes. but I did pick. I bought. A guild box and a Neverborn box. And the reason I bought two boxes is so that I could set up two crews and teach you guys how to play mm. and try to, to entice you. I decided I wanted to play this game because I loved the models and I wanted to build them and paint them and lick them and hold them and have them forever. Mm, tiny plastic friends. Yeah, I mean, just, just if you're not going to go the starter box... Room. Which again for for your you, you seasoned war gamers, if you've played a bunch of other systems, if you've understood every yeah. reference we've made to War Machine and everything else, <laughs> then you can probably go this route. Yeah. If you're if you've played Warhammer before, but you're looking for something better yeah. to go into, get the get the star yeah. box. Now anything that we that we recommend, obviously the caveat is you do you. If you really want to dive in with one of the tricky masters do it do yeah. it but just be aware that if we say for instance as we're going to that summoning masters are difficult to get your head around to start with and you'll need to buy lots of stuff we're not saying that they're rubbish 
what no, we're saying no, is no. that they're harder to use to start with yeah. and you just need to make sure that you're aware of that going in so if you find it difficult or you can't play a big game because you've not got many soul stones worth of models because everything needs to be summoned just bear that in mind yeah. um, before you go in and hopefully we can sort of steer people in the right uh, the right direction one thing I will say is rule book wise there is a um, a large size sort of A4 sized rule book mm-hmm. full colour includes the rules of the game includes lots of stories and background mm. and includes all of the wave one models rule cards printed on the page so you can look at lots of different things and yeah. decide if you just want the rules there is a smaller version available an a5 size one that is also available to download for free from drive through rpg you can download the rules of the game before you play if you're possibly someone who's very rules oriented like joe and you've got other models available or even just the right size bases where you want to cut out some bits of card, you could download that, just buy the boxes of stack cards that are available. The Arsenal decks. The yeah, Arsenal decks. Which have been really useful. Yeah, and proxy some games, use the rule books yeah. and, and get into it that way. The starter box doesn't come with a full rule book, but it does have a download code for the thing they've now made free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can go to them and download it. Doesn't really matter. Uh, to be honest I've still got my download code somewhere because I already had the rule book by the time I bought the starter box because I'm backwards like that Um, but there are definitely some crew boxes that are easier to get into using Mm. it doesn't mean that they're not as good and this is the thing with Malifaux that that things that when you go oh they're a simple crew it doesn't mean that they're rubbish it just means that their tactics are maybe more obvious for people that are starting Yeah. yeah Or the the synergy that you're looking for, uh, maybe the models are more powerful individually, and they don't need the help and the synergy with other models, yeah, so that yeah. you can kind of have independent things. You don't have to worry about positioning as much. Yeah. One of the things with Malifaux is positioning is quite important, Ooh, and there's lots so. of effects that push models, pull models, place models, move things around the board, yeah. much more than any other war game I have ever played. Just because you put a model in the middle of the board doesn't mean that that model is still going to be there at the end of your opponent's go. With the exception to uh, where it's facing. There was a bugbear in mind with Warm Horde. Yes. And if yeah. your model was facing in the right right angle, they couldn't do anything. If, if you'd have well, to move... creep round behind you and get a backstab and get a bonus. Yeah, which makes yeah. sense. But if you couldn't move a model in a particular way because <laughs> the scenery is in the way, that was it, you weren't allowed to face and have combat. There's nothing on that in Malifaux. They've got 360 vision range. Yeah, we've got some recommendations for crews that are not necessarily easy, but straightforward. Yes. Doesn't make them rubbish. No, not in the slightest, as we've said. But makes them good for people that are getting into things and don't want to be overwhelmed like I was the first time I tried to play Pandora <laughs> yeah. um, yes. because that was hard <laughs> that was very hard um, I'm going to go through them um, faction by faction and then I'll open it up I'll make my recommendations now some of this comes from our personal experience as a group Yeah. some of it comes from our interactions with the community talking to people looking at posts etc etc and sort yeah. of combining some knowledge so we'll start with Guild. Yes. And everything always does. Yes. Guild are kind of they're almost like Malifaux default. They are the Space Marines. Yeah, they're in the, more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> they they tend to favour 
more straightforward play styles. Yes. Mm. They tend to be very good at shooting. Uh, yep. They tend to be good at anything they turn their hands to. Yeah, they, they are, are but solid. Yeah, now one of the things we're going to say is, I probably should have said this before, but steer clear mostly of masters that summon. Yeah. In your crew box, you're going to get a master. They're kind of your, your leader, your most powerful model. They get more actions. They are your, your HQ choice, your Warcaster, your Warlock, yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. Some of them work by summoning other models onto the battlefield. Yes. So that generally means you're going to need to buy a lot more models. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be doing some complicated interactions. Yeah. Which are trickier to manage, etc., etc. So, on, a, on my list at least, there are only... There are two models that can summon... And there is one model that can make things grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about those, but they're they're much they're much simpler for the most part than than um, someone like, for instance, just to jump at slightly the Nicodem for the Resurrectionist, who's your yes. tra- traditional necromancer summoning zombies out the ground. Um, so for the guild, then essentially the guild started with. The, the triumvirate of Sonia Crid, mm-hmm. uh, Perdita Ortega, yes. and Lady Justice. Yes. Now, all three of those are great choices for people starting out. Very much so. They are very good at one aspect of the game. Their crew helps them out, but they're not too complicated. Uh, Lady Justice is very good at killing things in the face. She's a, a melee uh, master. Mm-hmm. Very big sword that cuts things in half. And she is one of the hardest-hitting models in the game. Yes. Um, and she is very, very good at hitting things. Yeah. So she's very good. If you want to play a melee crew, very nice, straightforward option in there. There's some movement tricks with the models that she comes with, the Death Marshals, where they can put her in a coffin and cart her across the, uh, the battlefield and things like that, um, <coughs> which is slightly trickier, but... I would say that that's still fairly straightforward to do. It's a thing you can learn to do after a while. Yeah, yeah. You can just play the murder, murder side of it first. Yeah, yeah. You've got Perdita Ortega, Mm -hmm. who is the leader of the Ortega clan of, essentially, Wild West Cowboys. Yeah, with a Mexican vibe. Yeah, yes, they've definitely got a a Mexican vibe. Um, They work really well. It's not included in the box, but one of the models is their abuela, their grandma, who is in a wheelchair and has a shotgun. And (laughs) other members of the uh, the clan can push her around. And then when she fires her shotgun, she goes flying backwards (laughs) because she's in a wheelchair and it makes her roll away. Lovely, brilliant model. Yeah. Um, Really, really, really good. One of the best shooting crews that you can do. Still seen as being very, very powerful yes. um, today. Mm. My favourite guild model, however, is Sonia, who takes a slightly different approach. She is the witch hunter side of the guild. And interestingly, of the three, is the magic user. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can be absolutely devastating. Yeah, She's a little bit brittle, but quite good it's also very long range from what I remember as yes. well which yeah. is the scary side of it yeah yeah 
with the blast that she can chain off, she can hit something 14 inches away and then be hitting models that are four or six inches behind that with yeah. the blast. Yeah, is um, nice. this, this is a game, again, where it's not played on a 4x4 board, it's played on a 3x3 board. Yeah, you probably need a 3x3 board, don't you? That's something we should have mentioned. Um, <laughs> I would assume most gamers assume you need a 4x4 or a 6x4 board to play on. Yeah. This plays on 3x3, three three, which is really nice. Yes, yeah, it actually and fits on the tables we have. Yeah. Which is lovely. Um, and on a 3x3 three three board, yeah, 14 inches is probably one of your longer range things in the yes. game. I know there are things that can beat that. Mm. Yeah, I've got 36 kicking about. Yeah, which is the length of the board. Yeah. Um, Can't do one corner to the opposite corner, though. Oh, sad for you. Oh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, 14 is, is impressive. Yes. I kind of go, ooh, at 12s a lot yeah. of the time. So Yeah. One thing just to mention, each of those is the guild's answer to something else. So yes. Lady Justice, uh, her death marshals, they deal with resurrectionists. They deal with the undead, so they get lots <gasps> of bonuses against them. Perdita um, and her clan are specialised in fighting the Neverborn Menace, so they get bonuses against them mm-hmm. and the kind of abilities they have. And Sonya, as I said, her crew are witch hunters, so really, really good if you're facing off against arcanists or lots of magic abilities. They get lots of options really for annoying. that um, yeah. but <laughs> fairly fairly straightforward yeah. crews oh, to play they're all good starting places yeah. I one the, I think one of the early ones I started with at one point uh, was Sonia I had to go with and got on with her better than I did most of the others yes because it was the witch hunters are fairly straightforward yeah, if you're yeah. doing what they're doing now, her abilities are they introduce her to that you the deck and the the idea of needing certain suits to do certain yes yeah Sonya can can summon some of the witchling stalkers that come in her box Mm -hmm. Um, I've never bought any extra I keep meaning to I've got three from the box that's also through use of an upgrade it's through use of an upgrade so you can skip that to start with and it also doesn't involve an ability that you have to use and work out target numbers and things like that yeah Yeah, something dies that's on fire within a certain range and you spend a soul stone and it turns into a witchling stalker lovely not a true summoner but has the mechanic but isn't Yes. So yeah. still quite happy fits as a starter. Yeah. yeah. It's only you can branch off into to learn yeah. that mechanic. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you like guild, do you want to melee, shoot, or magic? There you go. Pick the or whichever one you think looks nicest. Yeah. Go yeah. with that. To be honest. Yeah. And there's plenty of scope for you to then move into different areas, add extra models in, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. They'll give you enough stuff in each of those boxes to get you started. Yes. Um, Neverborn then, the Mm -hmm. other faction that are in the starter box. Yes. Uh, My recommendation for something to start with is Lilith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She is the leader of the Neverborn. Again, hard-hitting melee uh, master. Mm -hmm. She does have some other tricks. Neverborn are quite often about their tricks and sneakiness and that kind of thing Um, she's probably the most straightforward of the Neverborn to play box is quite good would recommend getting some getting the Nephilim box to go with her uh, because of the growth mechanic that again you can include through an upgrade which lets you turn baby demons into medium sized demons into big demons depending on what they kill etc etc she's really flexible she can take pretty much anything in the Neverborn faction and make it work Mm. so she's fairly straightforward and fairly easy to use but still again considered good 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I haven't played against her a few times. Yes, yeah, we have a we have a, another Neverborn player, amongst other things, in our group who takes Lilith fairly regularly mm. and she could be an absolute nightmare to do. She can, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but what she's asking of you as a player is fairly straightforward. Yeah. She has a couple tricks because it'd be no fun if she didn't have any tricks. Like she can root you in place and then call you over to her mm. and then the ability that she used to root you in place damages you as you come flying towards yeah. her. So yeah, there's a couple of cunning bits and pieces yeah. like that, but... It's um, not too complicated to no, get your head around. No, no. Um, and I think, unfortunately, for Neverborn, she very happily takes the, if you want an easy starting master, take her yes. position. Um, and as we said earlier, with the competitive element of it, if you are worried about it, um, I'll mention guilds now... Um, Sonia is very, very highly thought of when it comes yeah. to tournaments, as is Lilith. Yeah. The others aren't bad, but those two crop up a lot. So, yeah. as we said, simple doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Yeah. The Lilith box is also quite good. Neverborn players will get lots and lots of mileage out of the Terratots that are in the box. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, because they, they make really, really good, quick scheme runners. Oh, they've got other scheme runner options but yeah but they've got an ability that allows them to for the use of <coughs> a suit a particular suit on, on a draw allows them to double move for a single action point yeah. and they will just fly across the board all over the place being an absolute pain in the yeah. ass. anything to add to Neverborn no They're I think that's quite a tricky faction I would recommend to anyone, if you're going into Neverborn no matter who you pick get yourself a doppelganger oh yeah because they're amazing the model's really nice, yeah. And they let you cheat a card into the initiative flip, yeah. Which means you can almost guarantee going first every turn when you need to, which can be the difference between winning and losing in a key turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're playing against Neverborn, kill the doppelganger, <laughs> yeah, because it can be the difference between winning and losing in a key turn. Yeah, it, you only get you only get one. Yeah. yeah, it's rare one. There is only one. Yeah. There could be only one. It's a Highlander situation. Uh, resurrectionists, then. Now, none of us are resurrectionist players. No. We have a resurrectionist player in our local gaming scene. We yep. do. Um, who struggled to start with. Yeah. Because he started actually playing Zoraida, the Neverborn uh, and Gremlins. Did he? I thought he started and with Nicodem. Ooh. No, no. He started with Zoraida and couldn't make her work properly. Okay. Then got McMorning who's one of our two choices yeah. um, as a recommendation, and then moved into... He's got Port Nicodem afterwards. Oh, OK. Um, you've got McMorning, who is... Uh, Strangely enough, the Guild Doctor. He's the Guild, yeah, he's the Guild... Is he the Doctor? He's the Coroner? Hmm. Mortician. Mortician, that's the word. Um, and he is the first of the dual faction masters that are going to be mentioned. Yes. I don't know if we're mentioning any more, but he is definitely one-off. Um, McMorning plays very differently based in which faction you play him in. Actually, as a resurrectionist choice, he is quite summony. Not super summony, but he can do some summoning. Yeah. Um, and you probably want to chuck in another flesh construct. And quite nicely, the flesh construct that's in a box set on its own is a different model yes. to the one in the core box, so you don't end up with two oh, of the same cool. model, which is in nice. Yeah, but... 
But Morning also uses a fair few conditions. It uses poison a lot. Yeah, so... But you're learning a condition. Which is fine. And you have a couple ways to manipulate it across the crew. Yeah, it it does one thing really well. And the other thing that makes him um, very different to any of the masters we've talked about so far is he's very survivable. He's quite as nails, yes. Um, As is our second choice, Seamus. Seamus is a cross between the Mad Hatter and Jack the Ripper. Yeah. This being the set sort of turn of the 20th century, late 19th century uh, kind of era. Uh, Late Victorian? Yeah. 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 So he's kind of combined those two archetypes. He's got the big hat and um, is slightly unhinged. Yeah. But he also has an accompanying army of prostitutes what he killed yeah (laughs) yeah he has some really nice (laughs) movement tricks he does he also has one of the most powerful guns in the game his .50 calibre flintlock pistol can only shoot it once a turn but you can get ridiculous damage off of that it's it's really 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 good yeah Um, I've such a scene it's all oh it's nasty it's nasty 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 now his box is a little bit light in um, in points, yes. but will get you started um, quite nicely. And he's also very hard to kill. He has hard to kill, which is an ability that makes things harder to kill. Yay! <laughs> um, he is also impossible to wound and has 12 wounds, which is at, at the maximum 14. So he is, again, quite survival. It's one of the things the Resurrectionists do quite well. Yeah, they are. They can tolerate you making mistakes. You can yeah. leave your master out in the open because you didn't plan ahead or one of your abilities didn't go off, mm-hmm. and you can probably still be alive the next turn. Yeah. Whereas a lot of factions, a lot of masters, you make that mistake and they'll get jumped on and beaten to death with their own shoes. You'll get probably get... Less use out of the rest of his models um, than you will out of the McMorning box because McMorning's box contains nurses, which are very, very useful little toolkits. Yeah. Um, and I've seen nurses crop up all over the place in, in lists, even just yeah. sort of one nurse to do random healing, paralyzing, bringing models over, moving mm. them about, that kind of thing. They're, they're, quite, they're quite good for that. Um, Anything else about Resurrectionists? A lot of the Resurrectionist Masters hinge on summoning. Yeah, they all want to summon heavy factions, and I would... No, I would go with one of those two if you were going to start off. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing particularly wrong or massively complex about summoning, but it's just something else that's going to be difficult to learn when you're trying to pick up all the rest of it. and you're going to end up keeping the models in the box back to summon, which means you then need other models to make up your points cost, your soulstone allocation. It's more money you have to spend now. Yeah, that's it. They become a more expensive investment for an early crew. Let's do gremlins. Again, none of us play gremlins. Mm. We don't see a lot of gremlins around where we are. No. So this is one we have consulted the wisdom of the internets for. Yeah, I mean, we've given the rules a, a look over yeah. and figured out whether or not they've got any massively complex yeah. mechanics. We, but, but we went away and did our research and all came back with the same crew, which we did. is quite yeah. interesting. <laughs> whether we end up in the same place, I don't know. But um, Joe? Um, yeah, Ophelia, who is basically Perdita, but smaller. Yes, the gremlins... <laughs> The gremlins, the kin, so uh, being her version of uh, the Ortega clan, yeah. the Ortega family, 
they've seen other model they've seen other people these new humans that have turned up in Malifaux and gone that looks really cool I want to be like them mm-hmm. yeah. so they're kind of almost copycat silly versions the gremlins are a great comedy faction yeah, yeah. they are from what I've seen I've been tempted to get into gremlins because there's some great potential for them um, some of the stuff they can do mm. is really really good they're really? a Reading a lot of things recently, yeah. they are recent polls. The internet polls I've seen <laughs> genuinely are pegging them to win worlds or whatever the next yeah. big tournament is. Yeah. They kind of think they have a lot of risk reward mechanics. Mm. Um, the general consensus is from the Gremlin players, what we have consulted, that they recommend the kin being a good way of getting into them. Cool. So Joe plays Arcanists, as we've mentioned, exclusively. I do, because uh, they're the bestest. They, they, they do seem quite mean. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. But Joe is also a very good player. So you know, as the only Arcanist player, no, in he's our... not. He's leaning on the crush for a decent crew. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown down there, Aaron. We will swap crews. And I will smash you with Masaki. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be good. I'd like to see that. So, for all the Arcanists, I would recommend Rasputina. Yep. Who is the Ice Witch. Yes. She is, like I said, she's magic heavy. Yeah. Um, she's very slow. Most of them are magic heavy. Yeah. Not uh, all of them, though. True, but she she is the magic heavy in the magic heavy. She makes the mess of them look quite magic light. <laughs> yes. Um, she uses um, most of her models as arc nodes, if you're a War Machine player. But uh, So she can, if the model's within eight inches, she can cast it as if she was where that model is. So she casts her spells... Through. through those models yes. yeah. anything with frozen heart yes so every model in our box she's got ice gammon and an ice golem uh, and, and the wendigo and the wendigo all have that ability yep which means you can keep her off the front lines and safe so she's if yeah. you want to be able to use your master all the time or you don't want to Sometimes when you've got your piece that's the best piece, you can sometimes bit hold it back too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you can hold her back and she can still affect the game. To be honest, getting her into the front line is difficult. She's one of the slowest masses in yeah. the game. I believe she has a walk of three. Ooh. And Can't she has no charge value, which means she cannot charge. She yeah, is one of the slowest models in the game. Yeah. Hans, the outcast sniper who yeah. I've got is also the same. But he is the one with a gun with 36-inch range, so it doesn't matter for him. He doesn't yeah. care. Um, she has tricks, uh, but she is a very easy-to-play, um, surprisingly resilient, due to some of her tricks, character. Uh, her main attack can cause blasts and can destroy crews on its own, almost. Uh, she's just very good all-rounded, what you'd expect from the, the spellcasting faction. Yes. She would be my go-to choice if you want to start in Master. There are notable um, honourable mentions, though. Yeah. Um, Marcus is who I started with. Yes. Would recommend to the, anyone. He's, he's the Beast Master, isn't he? He is. Um, he has an interest... His starting bo- the, the problem with Marcus is Marcus can hire anything in the game that is a beast. Which gives him a very wide pool to hire from. Yes. include And, and all of the other stuff, because he's, he's an arcanist as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. He has a huge, huge summoning pool. Uh, summoning, no. Uh, hiring pool. Yes. But 
he's probably going to take a fair bit of investment into other models. Oh. Yeah. Um, if you buy yourself some canine remains from the Resurrectionists, you've got a workable crew and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, his soulstone cost again is on, totally on the low side. But with those canine remains, you can play a decent sized game and he's very, very good. Again, he is considered really high tier. So is uh, Rasputina. Yeah. And so is Ramos. Oh, Ramos. I... Who is potentially the only summoner I would say is a good starting buy. Yeah. He don't, you need to buy some more arachnids, just to end off. Mm. Yeah. But he has some of the best models in the faction, if not the game, in his box. Yes. He comes with Joss and with Howard, who yeah. are both really, really nasty. And then combined with the synergies they get with Ramos, oh my god. He's very good. Yes. He can do a lot of things, but he is, as a summoner, he will need you yeah. to buy some extra things. But you will get a lot of use out of Joss and Howard. Joss and Howard can fit in almost any list because they are they work on their own. They don't yep. need a lot of support. They bring a lot of support themselves with their upgrades yep. that they can take to a, a lot of the the construct theme that the Arcanists have. Yeah. They go nice in a May Feng list. Um, oh, any list. Pretty much, um, yeah. They're MS and U, so they go really nicely with Ironsides. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's a, he's a good investment, but you do need to at least buy one extra box of Metal Arachnids mm. before... Steam you, Arachnids. Steam Arachnids, yeah. yes. Or Metal Garmin. They're also quite a good buy, because you could put them in instead of the Steam Arachnids you get in the box. Yes, and then summon in the yes. Arachnids. Yes, they need, he needs a, an extra box. But once you've got that extra box, you've actually pretty much got a 50 Soulstone crew. Yeah, he's got um, a high high starting value <laughs> in his box, and he's very good. Yes, um, and he's got two of the punchiest things in that faction. Yeah. So the Outcast faction, the Outcast faction being the, sort of the odds and ends, the leftovers... You get quite diverse playstyles within the Outcast faction, but there are there are some really good things you can pick up to get going with Outcasts. And one of the good things about the Outcasts is all the models are mercenaries. Mm -hmm. So apart from the Master themselves, which has to be fielded when you declare Outcasts, yeah. um, the actual models can can fit into different crews. Yeah. The one, the box that I think is probably the most straightforward in the Outcast thing, and also contains the most things that you're going to want to use elsewhere, is Von Schill's Hired Guns crew. Mm. I've been playing that particular crew, that thematic angle, in our Shifting Loyalties campaign, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and doing really well. He has a collection, or selection, of various steampunk World War One fighting models essentially yeah. Yeah. they've got that kind That's of his look. image yeah very Germanic they are the fry core mm -hmm. but you can pick up in that particular box you get the librarian who has some very very good healing abilities mm -hmm. and is surprisingly good at dealing damage as well yeah um, I remember playing the Neverborn and having a couple minions thrown in at her and her murdering them mm. because she's got a very powerful magic attack that she can use at range or up close oh, okay you've got the specialist which is one of my favorite models now, why is it one of your favorite models Brian? because he has a flammenwerfer <laughs> and i don't know if you know about flammenwerfers but flammenwerfers actually worth flammen <laughs> 
Um, and I just love Worth in Flamin. It, it really makes my day to Worth some Flamin. But he's really, really good in that he sets lots of things on fire. And there's quite a few models scattered around different factions, masters, that work off of fire. Yeah. Sonya does. Yeah. Uh, Kairis does for the Arcanists. You can get some use out of him with things like the Rail Golem. Yes. Um, and he does quite a bit of damage sets a lot of things on fire and if you kill him he blows up in your face he's absolutely awesome the other model and probably the most used outside of this particular thematic crew model that's in there is the trapper the trapper joe's just winced immediately just mentioning the name of the trapper the trapper is probably one of the most powerful minion models in the game Mm. it has a ridiculous range Mm -hmm. it does it can start pretty much anywhere on the board that isn't near your opponent's deployment mm-hmm. zone. It can. So it makes a great thing for grabbing distant table corners um, or holding territory in odd places. And it has all the Fry Corps have suits that give them armour. Yeah. And also allow them to ignore damage done by pulse effects, one of the, the effects that's quite common, and blasts. So they're really, really survivable. Now, he has a sniper rifle, so you'd think, get up close to him, shut that down, because he, he has essentially just flails at you. But what does he do when he when you get close to him? He dodges away and shoots you in the face. Yes, yep. he can push away and then shoot you. Um, he's very, very, very... Much a dick. Yes. Yep. Really, really good. So you can use those models elsewhere. Yes. Von Schill himself... He's very good at shooting things. He's very good at stabbing things. The whole crew can do a bit of everything. The Fry Corsman, for instance, the basic minions that you get in there, mm. are fairly cheap. They're unimpeded, so they can move through difficult terrain. They can look after themselves. You send yeah. a pair of them off to collect something, they're going to deal with most other minions in the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the box is just really, really, really nice. It's actually, if you're... If you have absolutely no idea what to get, I'd highly recommend just going straight in for him. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I want to play, but I don't I don't know what. If it's really good. If you like the aesthetic of them especially. Yes. Um, if you're one of these people that enjoys your historical games, they're probably a really good place for you to go in. Mm, you yeah. could quite happily just play Fry Corsman stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you can then use... There, there's at least two, probably three of those models that you're going to use elsewhere yeah. is really, really good. Just beware the steam trunk. <laughs> because it is tricky to put together. So, with Outcasts, we uh, we had a bit of a discussion before. Yeah, this. we were getting our thoughts together, planning, um, plotting. And we no. kind of went 50-50 on including another master yes. in here. Uh, my suggestion was for the Victorias, the hired swords box as opposed to the hide guns of Von Schill. The Victorias are, well, Victoria was a treasure hunter mm-hmm. uh, who came to Malifaux to steal some stuff armed with her trusty um, Katana? Katanas of Doom and she met a doppelganger. The doppelganger, rather than trying to take over her identity and do evil things, went, oh, I like you and became another Victoria. So yeah. you have the Victorias. Victoria of Ashes and Victoria of Blood. Ashes being the master, Blood being the henchman. You basically get two models instead of one. Now, they're both quite brittle models, and this is where our discussion came in. They only have seven wounds 
each. Mm. We were talking about Seamus having 12, McMorning having 14. The average master is 11, 12, 10 to 12. Yeah. Sits I, around there. I would say 12 would be your average. And then 10 would be low, 14 would be high. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got 14 wounds, but they're spread over two models. Yeah, no, I was thinking oh, it's quite a quite a harsh lesson to learn if you're playing with a really fragile master yeah yes but while doing a bit of reading up on this and there's one really nice thing that it teaches you early on in Malifaux yeah which is it's okay when your master dies yes yeah. Victoria's are very good at teaching you that playing with or against them I think <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I've not had the pleasure yet but I'm sure Brian will throw them at me soon um, but I think they could be a fairly good um, starters yeah. I mean what else do you get in the box you get three Ronin yeah. which are very very useful um, they are minions that are disguised so they cannot be charged which is so it makes them good at holding territory when they die oh sorry you can so you can get them to kill themselves and give you soul stones oh. uh, they commit ritual suicide um, and they are they are fairly solid models they've got an okay gun and a good melee attack cool uh, with their with their swords they're quite tasty you get Taylor now Taylor is a very very good model if you're playing against a summoning crew or someone with constructs because her relic hammer uh, gets uh, yeah I'm buying her next for shifting always uh, <laughs> um, her, she gets extra cards flipped in she gets double positive flip basically yeah on, I've, I've got yeah, um... on hitting hitting things Ironside's friend comes with a relic hammer yeah she has the welcome to Malifaux ability it's a zero action so it doesn't cost any of her her points to use um, but she anytime an enemy model is summoned within line of sight and within range to be charged she has a six inch charge and a three inch engagement range so nine in, within yeah. nine inches as long as she can reach it um, she uh, can charge the model and attack them and she charges. She doesn't just move once and hit them. She charges, so she hits them twice. Generating two single action points to use on melee attacks. But, because she has a pneumatic arm, she can also spend both of those action points on her two attack, which is a big explodey burst that damages lots of things. Yeah. And pushes them back. She's really nasty. Yeah. Fuck off. She's really, really good. But she just tends to get punched a lot yeah. because she's throwing herself into the middle of things quite often. Yes, yeah, you want her out in the in in the way. <laughs> Joe's like, ooh, with the Victorias, what you get to counter the fact that they're really brittle and don't have a lot of wounds is whenever one Victoria heals, all Victorias heal, <laughs> um, all sisters as mm. they're called. Now there is an extra model called <gasps> Vanessa, who is Victoria's sister. Hmm? who is a magic user, is also, a, she's Vanessa Treasure Hunter, similar job, has come to Malifaux and joined up with her. She's almost a must for Victoria's crew because yeah. she can heal herself from the other side of the board and both the Victoria of Ashes and Victoria of Blood can heal as well. They are, they're probably one of the trickiest of the crews we've recommended as a starting crew to use. But they've got a very nice aesthetic to them. They're yep. cool looking models. Yeah. And if you like that glass cannon, if you're the kind of person that in 40k played Dark Eldar or in War Machine played like Legion, yeah. um, they're probably for you. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're not super, super complicated. 
and they do they do what they do very very well yeah and there's also a lot of tricks they can get out as well they've got some movement bits and pieces yeah. and and that kind of thing so there's enough there's to be fair i was gonna say there's enough enough depth for you to go in but that's true of any of the masters yeah yeah let's then come to what we've 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 termed our difficult faction the ten thunders yeah which aaron has chosen to play yes possibly like a fool well actually i, w- I was thinking because as we were going through and doing this and I, it was most people were finding it very difficult to recommend any ten thunders models mm, for yeah. beginners you not got to the ten thunders because you liked the aesthetic yeah yeah you so like the, such. i like the 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 japanese themings of the thing you know the, yeah only the, the uh ninjas and things like that that kind of thing essentially yeah they're they're quite visually distinct yes which is what really appealed yeah and this is something we 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 do recommend to everyone if you go oh they look amazing ignore all the shit we've just said buy the one you think looks really (laughs) nice and learn it yeah um because that's what we all did yeah Yeah. if you're you're, you know I'm in an R and over a couple of different crews and because of the aesthetic and one of us you want to recommend then yeah stick with all my for a start but don't ever rule that other one out yeah no no. there's no wrong choice all masters are are playable and competitive are created equal (laughs) some are more equal than others that's very true Uh, well now Ten Thunders at least the first wave initially are pretty much all chill factions in some form or fashion yes um See, I'm. I was going to recommend Misaki's box set for a start, but now I've had some doubts, which I'll go into in a minute. Okay. Misaki is your master at the moment. He's my master, yes. Yeah, there is some reasons. But again, I'll mention that in a second. What I think probably will work well as an initial starter crew is Mei Fang. The dual faction with Arcanist. She is indeed, yeah. yeah. Now, you are going to have to get used to the idea of dropping or creating, I should say, because I don't think she drops them, but creating construct markers. Scrap markers. Um, Now, there are a a multitude of these different types of markers you will come across in the game. So you've got your scheme markers that you you can drop for an action to do something for a scheme. You're spray painting or dropping blood somewhere or whatever. Um, You will have... Corpse markers, which some of the resurrection stuff we use a lot, so it dies they in the are corpse. Dropped by living and undead models. Yeah. Um, you will have scrap markers, which tend to get dropped by constructs. Yes. Um, although they can be created through various means. Um, uh, and I think Mei Fang has some of the crew and cool. ability has abilities to essentially smash stuff to create scrap. Yeah. Um, because she will use it to summon herself through. So she can bounce around the board a little bit once mm-hmm. they're about. But you have to get used to the idea of, again, this is that positioning thing you might have to get used to and placing stuff ahead of time. But it gives them a bit of flexibility and movement. Mm-hmm. And they're all pretty survivable as uh, models. Yeah. There. yeah. There, is, there is something to be said about picking a dual faction master. Yeah. Because if you go, oh, I like this side of it, Mayfen goes really nicely into the Arcanist side, and she's also quite good going into the Ten Thunders side. Yes. yes. Um, the other thing is picking someone that's quite difficult to master movement tricks, especially like Mayfen. Yep. If you start off with that and get good at it, yep. you're going to have a much easier time switching masters. Yes. Yeah. So starting something a little bit more complicated isn't the worst idea in the world if you're someone that's patient enough to learn. Yeah. yeah, you're learning an extra trick which will stand you in good stead for other models later. Yeah. yeah. But it's not quite the same as taking, say, something that's completely straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, I do have two Ten Thunders Masters. I have McCabe and Jacob Lynch. Lynch, Lynch is the um, one who I really like. Yeah. He has... He's essentially formed a pact with a demon creature mm-hmm. called the Hungering Darkness. That is a great big blobby thing. Um, is one of the few models in Malifaux that is generally derided as being rubbish. It looks like a giant sperm with a grumpy face. Yeah, it doesn't look particularly good. Joe's looking like... Well, no, because it was all right. <laughs> I, no, I took rubbish as bad in game. Yes, the model's oh, yeah, not the great. Model, the model's not great, yeah. It, it eats um, faces. Yes, yeah. I quite like it. It has a slight wibbly-wobbly charm. Yeah, it does. Um, and there's a lot of synergy in the box as well. Yes. His box is probably the smallest master box. Mm. It comes with him, his totem, which is a big blobby thing called the Hunger in Darkness, and three Illuminated. Yes. Now, Illuminated are some of the best minions in the game. They're self-healing, they're self-buffing, and they hit like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're a nice choice to have in your pocket anyway, kind of thing. Yeah. They're, they're, very, uh, they're very useful. And they themselves are dual faction. They are Ten Thunders and Neverborn. Yeah, excellent. So you can include them as minions in either. Some things, like, say, McMorning, he can't take his flesh construct when he plays as Guild. And he can't going. even summon it because they'd be going, why have you got Frankenstein's monster? What are you doing, you crazy ginger man? Yeah. Uh, the Illuminated, yes, dual faction minions. They are seven points, Ooh. and I would quite happily play eight, maybe even nine for them because um, they are really, 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 really good. Okay. Um, as I said, they, they regenerate and they have a healing ability. Yeah. They can, in theory, heal themselves four points of damage a turn. They're really good. Joe's like, oh, I haven't looked at these. I've not, no. Um, they're, they're really, really yeah. nice. Um, I really like his the idea behind him in that he owns a casino. He gets people addicted to this uh, this drug called Brilliance and feeds them to the hungering darkness. Yeah. Brilliance is addictive. Yes. <laughs> That's why I always want to quit. I lack brilliance. <laughs> um and you can take him in either direction and you can cart those minions with you mm. um, and he is fairly straightforward my tip for him you'll find the hunger in darkness itself is a, is a fairly brittle thing it's actually probably more powerful than lynch so what he tries to do is tries to give <coughs> models the brilliant characteristic or the brilliance characteristic yeah. sorry and it allows everything else to hit harder the hunger in darkness hits harder and gets mm. bonuses the illuminated hit harder and get bonuses yeah. Um, you can take Depleted, which are, again, some of the best, very, very cheap models in the games. Mm-hmm. They're four points each. They're almost impossible to kill. Okay. They don't do a lot else, but they really get in the way. Yeah. Um, so there's a nice there's a nice progression there. Um, and you will need, probably, to get that box to take it up to a playable sort of amount of points. Yeah. Um, but you take the Rising Sun upgrade, and it allows the Hunger in Darkness, essentially, to die... And rather than dying, it, it gets a, a character called Buried, where it's taken off the board. You can then make an enemy model brilliant, kill it, as long as it's within six inches of Lynch, so he's still alive, the Hunger in Darkness pops out again. Yeah, what about Misaki? Are we, well, what, what's waver, making us waver? Um, I mean, the crew itself is, with the exception of a total, a little bit spongy. They're, they're a bit brittle. They're not the toughest of things. Yeah. But they are fairly flexible, which is one of the reasons why women and are in. Torakage, um, which are basic minions that come with it, are 
uh, movement six, so they're quite fast. They've got a ranged and a melee attack. Yep. They, but one of their abilities is um, if people are shooting at them and they're nearby each other or nearby other models, they get defensive action. But when they're fighting somebody, they work better in melee on their own. Yeah. So, so there's a bit of bouncing back and forth that you need to get used to. Yeah. Miss Saki is incredibly good as an assassination character. And, and movement again because she's very quick and can bounce around the board very yeah. much but a lot of her uh, really powerful special abilities work off her losing your soul stone pool yes. which when you're very first starting the game this resource will probably quite greatly be used for um, the, the defensive thing it, you can use with it or for negating damage on your models when they're getting damaged so you you will be hoarding, and when I think a lot of people, when they very first start, will will have the urge to hoard that as a protective, make them feel more comfortable type of thing. And Misaki rewards you for not doing that. Yeah, it's a bit to get your head round. Yeah, it gets you into a play style that is isn't typical for Malifaux. Yeah, soulstones are very good and are to be used for important moments in the game that yes. you need to happen. Misaki has the thought of, uh, don't want these anymore. Yeah. throw them out the window. Play, play a completely different, almost completely different game. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, she has upgrades that allow her to get them back, so they're there for her again, from stealing them from the master. Mm. But again, that requires a certain level of... Yeah. There's, a, there's a complication level there. I wouldn't say, once you're getting a bit more used to it and you want to expand on the Ten Funders, she's probably a nice step to go to next. Uh, she's definitely yeah. the sort of the melee assassination crew you want to be building. But yeah. there are a few little niggles and complications that might make it a little bit... You can miss tricks, if that makes I mean, sense. To be yeah. fair, it's probably worth just saying, yeah, if you are a real real beginner, unless you are s- completely sold on Ten Thunders because you like that theme, yeah, yeah, play someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're really tricksy. Yes. And they've got loads of tricks up their sleeve, but they need you, you kind of need to be really good at the game to get the most out of them, I yes. feel. I yes, feel. definitely. Um, I'm I'm open to being challenged on this. Um, yeah, yeah. By certainly. anyone who's listening who's yeah. a more solid regular player, but yeah. um, that would be my sort of feel for them. Is yeah. that they're quite true. They've got some lovely models though. Oh that yeah. Giant guy with the massive chain gun. Oh yeah, the uh, Fuhatsu. Yeah. The one with the one with the guy behind him holding him up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the samurai now they've given them the upgrades that you can take for free to make them better are oh, really really good. Yeah. The, the, the shooty, mm. the ones with the um, again well, the other chain the other chain basically. guns basically yeah uh, the Gatling guns um, yeah. and yeah there's some really nice stuff in there but they are a shadowy kind of tricksy faction which suits them but yeah. you kind of need to know what you're doing yeah I which feel. you need to learn that's the thing really once you've learned how the schemes work and what work best together for you when you're doing stuff and against other people they, mm. they will work nicely with those schemes yeah excellent so learning to play the game um, I don't think we're going to go into anything like how duels work and that kind of thing that's fairly easily explained in the rule books themselves. Yeah, yeah. Where things get complicated with with this game, and I think is what people find frustrating or difficult to do, is your hand manipulation. Yeah. When mm-hmm. should you cheat? When should you not? Yeah. How do you maximise the most out of that system to make sure you're cheating at the right time and your opponent isn't cheating when they want to yeah. in the jewels and things that you've got going on? 
and the use of soul stones. Now, soul stones are your currency to buy models. Mm-hmm. Standard game is 50 soul stones. With most of the boxes we've mentioned, you'll probably be looking at playing about a 35 soul stone game. So there's space for you to add a few extra models in there. There's a really, really good, and we'll, we'll pop a link down, there's a really, really good site just for general miniature gaming, um, but for Malifaux as well as one of the things that they cover quite heavily, called Gmort's Chaotica. Mm-hmm. Um, Gmort has done unboxings for pretty much every single model so you can see what they look like how easy they are to go together that kind of thing Uh, but also has if you search Gmort one word G-M-O-R-T crew soulstone costs uh, there's a list of every single crew with exactly what's in the box and how many points it is going from without the best upgrades to using all the upgrades you possibly can so you get a nice spread there you'll probably be looking at 35 points which is where we started playing if you don't want the complications masters tend to be your most complicated models the most difficult models you could play a henchman game so Mm -hmm. leave the masters out use a henchman to lead your crew most crew boxes come with a henchman uh, and play sort of 25 soul stones to get you used to the basic game again with Malifaux, it's really good to start small and build up rather than trying to do lots and lots of things at once. Yeah. Once you've mastered the basics of something like Warhammer 40,000, throwing in a few extra tanks and a HQ and things, they're just better versions with bigger numbers of other things. Yeah. With Malifaux, you're adding more complicated abilities, trickier options, more things to choose from. Yeah. And that's where the game... I think, again, can be tricky to get into. So starting small and building up, mm. I think, is a really good way. Like yeah. we said with the, the starter box, yeah. couple models, three models, four models, all now we've added in two different kinds of objectives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and to get good is using your, your soul stones well, because once you've bought your, your soul stones, any leftover go, are added onto your master's base cache up to seven as a maximum. So, for instance, if I take Jacob... You, you, you can't Lynch. take Masaki and have 50 soul stones and go, oh, I'm just going to murder everything yeah. and not take damage. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Lynch start, uh, always has at least, wherever he is hiding, he has a cache of one. Taking Mei Feng, for instance, she has a cache of three, so three times as much. Three is average? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say two or three is, is generally yeah, yeah. average. One is, is, is low and you're low. And four, you're going, I've got a cash of four. Yeah. Um, and being quite excited by believe that. Believe that's Ironsides. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it balances out the masters. They don't yeah. all have to be exactly the same because you're getting an extra thing. Yeah. You can then, so for Lynch, if I'm paying playing a 50 Soulstone game, up to six of those soul stones can be added into that maximum cash of seven. Yeah, so you are essentially paying with a total of. If Lynch would be playing with a total of fifty-one points because he gets his cash. Yes, yeah. Um, whereas, say Masaki, who might not be quite as good well, in some areas. Masaki's no, not Masaki. Uh, sorry, Mayfeng. Looking yeah. at Mayfeng, yeah, because that's the one that's there. Yeah, um, would be playing with with fifty-three points. Yeah, um, yes. although you are limited that some of them have to be kept back. Yeah. yeah. So again, sort of a nice balancing thing. The yeah. soul stones can be used to add suits to a flip mm-hmm. by masters or henchmen. They can be used to prevent damage. They can be used for certain special abilities or like if Howard is going to cut your head off, you can spend soul stones to negate it. Yes, you discard two cards or two soul stones. Yep. Yeah. And this I think is is it's another layer of complexity to the game really good players 
use their soul stones and their control hand well. Mm-hmm. Poor players don't think about it. They just take what's left over mm-hmm. and either end up with way too much or way too few. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of... Most masters have an optimum. You kind of want this much. If I'm taking Ramos and I plan on summoning lots, I know I need tomes to get that off. So you want extra soul stones to buy that tome because you can't yes. guarantee having a high enough card of the right suit to get that ability yeah, yeah. off. Um, if I'm playing, yeah, certain masters, you might not take very many at all. Masaki, for example, because mm. she works on dumping she, them off. Yeah. yeah, she's better when she's got none, doesn't yeah. she? Um She's quite unique in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you wouldn't want to boost hers up yeah. at all. The other thing you can do with them is is for the, these models is they can spend them to prevent damage and they can spend them to get bonuses to either attack or defence flips. Really good. And again, it's something that better players will use to their advantage. The other thing you can do two things to do with the start of the each turn you can spend a soul stone to draw two extra cards into mm-hmm. your control hand and then you have to discard two so you don't increase the size of it but you get a choice six out of eight you've got a better yeah. chance of getting what you want and you're it to be honest it's never really a bad thing to do because you're either gonna yeah. get rid of some crap out of your hand or get rid of some crap out of your deck yes but then you can also then spend it on making your initiative uh, allowing yourself to flip another initiative. So at the beginning yeah. of each turn, regardless of what happened last turn, yes. you both flip a card, and the highest card goes first and yeah. activates a model first. Yeah. Spending a soul stone allows you to reflip yours. Yes. Yeah. Now that is, you can do that once. Yeah, only once. Um, and you can't cheat that flip or anything. You just flip another card. Unless you have the doppelganger, which is why we well, said earlier, yeah. she's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. She's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but if you kill it. You lose that ability. Yeah. Um, so it's only while, while the doppelganger is alive. And doppelgangers aren't cheap. Uh, this is where the game adds on that extra layer of complexity. When you're starting, I would say, if you're playing other people that are starting, don't worry too much about it because they're going to be in the same boat and you yeah. might remember, you might use them the right, you might go, oh, I should have done this afterwards. Yeah. If you're joining a group that's already playing at a strong level, they're going to be doing that better than you. There's, yeah. it, it, It's... The, the cool thing I, I like about Malifaux is that there's always decisions to be made. Yes. Do you cheat? Do you not cheat? You should do never you... cheat, Brian. It's bad. <laughs> so do you cheat fate? Or do you flip extra cards? Um, I mean, what might be worth doing is, if you are playing with a seasoned group of players, ask them to comment on times when they may have considered doing cheating or yeah. something else. Or even just to point it out as an option. You could yeah, that's it. So go, oh, you, you, right, so you will take this much damage. You do have soul stones left. Yeah. Again, this is, if you're teaching someone else to play, yeah, you don't want to say do that. You no, would, but you could if go. If you would have gone, I you, might have considered that. Would you? And then you can. Yeah. I would. I missed yeah. it the first few times. Yeah. Like I said, so you going get your soul. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Start of the turn. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to reflip your initiative? Do you want to draw any extra cards? Do you want to use? If you're oh, if you're going to summon that, do you want to use that for a suit? And just just giving prompting them because yeah. it's stuff we still forget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what, what happens with Malifaux, and again, I think this is this is a barrier from talking to people, seeing what people have said, is you're, you're juggling three things. You've got the game happening in front of you, and yeah. you're judging, is the model in range? What's it going to do with its action points? Even a simple thing like, which model do I activate next? Yes. Sometimes we've had turns where I've gone, yes, I'm, I'm going first. What do I do? To which point- model do I activate? Yeah. And the game 
Slows. So to the point where we've actually considered putting a chess timer on the table to try and hurry ourselves yeah. up a bit. We're, Joe and I had a really interesting conversation on the Weird Place Facebook yep. group about the idea of chess talk yeah. timers and things. Malifaux is much more back and forth because even yep. when it's my go and I'm activating the model, my opponent generally is flipping some cards to defend yeah. in a duel. They're doing something as well, so it's it's tricky. Um don't be afraid. If your games take a while to start with, that's fine. A 35 Soulstone game when we first started playing with Masters, basically at a box worth of stuff, so six, seven models, mm, yeah. was taking up to four hours for yeah. us. Because Whereas we now were, we can fit a 50, 50 Soulstone game within four hours. We <laughs> played 50 Soulstones, both with crews we weren't familiar with, in three and a half hours with a half hour dinner break the other day. Yeah. We're, uh, we're getting that was not bad. We're getting quicker. We are getting We're quicker. still not at tournament speed, if no. you like. Um, but I think with crews that we were familiar with... We'd be a lot quicker. We'd be a, we'd yeah. be a lot quicker. Yeah. It ha- does have a, a learning curve. Very much so. And there's nothing wrong with breaking that curve down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just focusing on the basics to start with, maybe up to a henchman level, yeah. then adding in a master... Then thinking more, spending some games thinking more about your hand and what you're doing, especially if you've got models that manipulate hand sizes or add or subtract cards, that kind of thing. Then think, right, to up my game, I'm now going to think more about my Soulstone use and it's going to be something that's in my head for my next three or four games. Hmm. Breaking it down in that way. If you're teaching people... Don't overwhelm them with far too many options to start with. Yeah. And I think I was guilty of this when I was introducing for the first time before the starter box came out with you, Aaron. I was giving them things. They go, oh, well, you could do this or you could do that or you could do the other. And they're looking at me going, I don't know what I should be doing. Whereas I love that because my, my brain, as we have mentioned many times, um, yeah. the reason I am Rules Bastard is that I can look at a rule book for... 10-15 minutes and have then stored it somewhere yeah. in my head your brain works really really well with that sort of that mechanical process systems yeah. systems and rules systematic yeah. Yeah. a good game of Malifaux makes me feel like I've had a mental workout yes my brain you know when you sort of concentrate and it feels kind of stretchy mm-hmm. hopefully other people feel this thing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. me and Aaron are weird with only two people that feel like that but we found each other <laughs> um, but you know, it, it feels like I've I've my brain's then desperately trying to process after I after we have a gaming night of Malifaux especially if I try something new mm. when I go to sleep I dream about Malifaux because my brain is still processing what happens so don't be afraid of breaking it down especially if you're teaching um, I say this as someone who earns money as a teacher <laughs> it's what, what my other job is because um, this one doesn't pay damn you Brussels yet yet, yet. Um, <laughs> please give us money if you see us in the street <laughs> um, there's a lot of concepts to take on with Malifaux yeah. individually none of them are particularly complicated nope. but there's three or four things going on at once and that's where the difficulty yeah. comes in yeah. and again looking at um, looking at online and people talking about sort of their groups and things like that a lot of people seem to bounce off of Malifaux. They hit that learning curve, they hit that wall, and they bounce straight off of it. Mm-hmm. If you've got someone new coming along to your gaming group, please consider whether winning that one game is more important than having a good player that you can play about, play with in the ne- yeah. o- over the next yeah. five years. 
It's because I've I've seen and working running a games workshop when I was younger, I would see certain people come in and they're brand new and they're they're clutching their suboptimal army and they're not really sure on the rules, and the guy that's got the fifteen hundred point tournament list would go, "I'll give you a game," and I would run across the shop and go, "No, you're not playing him," and they go, "Why not?" I go, "Because you're going to crush them," and they'd never come back, and they'll never come back. And you've got to step back and go, this is actually, it's, it's not a fun. difficult game, but it takes time to get yes, into yeah. and you need to break it down. Like all the best things, it takes time to practice. You yeah. can't just jump into it and be yeah. good at it. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple games of Malifaux where I've gone at the end and gone, this game is horrible and really hard and I don't get it. Sorry. What's <laughs> <laughs> you? Uh, playing Lucius um, against Rob and going... I'm obviously rubbish at this game because I've just I got I didn't get beaten I got tabled but it was because I was taking on too much at that particular time it was one of my first five games and this yeah. is why we say like we've said before don't start with something like Pandora unless you're willing to have the oh my god I lost oh my god I lost oh my god I lost experience yeah because yeah. the starter masters are I say starter masters. The simpler masters are good, yeah, because they are more straightforward, and it avoids that feeling, which really can put people off games. Yes, yeah. Please, if you're if you're teaching people, try to put yourself in the shoes of someone new. Yeah, there's it, a lot to take in. Just it's different to other games, and try to build them up yeah. and encourage them back. If you find a trick that works with your new player, that you introduce them to something, and they go, "Oh, I see, I get it straight away," and cl- clicks with them. Bring it up. Cool. Mention yeah. it on the forums, let everybody know because yeah, any but, way we can get more people into yeah. this is great. But different people play differently. Yeah. The way I teach Joe is not the way I teach yes. Alan. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's differentiation, we call it in the trade. Yes. We all started somewhere. Um, it's yeah. much like when you see a learner driver, for yeah. example. Yeah. There is no point going, fuck's sake, he's in the way, girl, which. Yeah. Because you did that at one point, you yeah. didn't know how to drive a car. The first time I got into a car, I'm going right. What do the what do the pedal things do? And yeah. yeah. What was this weird swishy thing at the yeah. side? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the first time you try and learn how the clutch works for changing gears is unbelievably complicated. Yeah, when you think about I think. It. I think I, I started this at like 20. Yeah. I'd mastered Games Workshop at this point <laughs> and went, oh, it's a complex system of things that I yeah. don't understand. So, oh, I've got to control my body in a weird, unnatural yeah, way. It, and yeah. yeah. Especially if they're not a war gamer. Yeah. If you yeah. think back to the first time you encountered a war game, you know. I think the, one of the great things about Malifaux, actually, is that it has an appeal outside of normal war gamers. Definitely. Because I'm not a big war gamer, to be honest. I don't really get on with. I've You've joined dabbled, them occasionally, yeah. dabbled, but I've never really got into yeah. the theming and everything else with Malifaux has really made grabbed me and gone, all right, I'm so crap at it, but I, I, I want to explore and this, so I want to play more of this. And we, We've said this before, it, it has something for everyone. Yeah. It has a yeah. beautiful set of models for the hobbyists. Yeah. It yeah. has some really nice background for those that love the story. Yeah. It's got yeah. a really good rule system for those that love to get in and, yeah. and I, master something. If you can find what it is that makes someone interested in the game, that, that can aspect. be your way in. So yeah. if they really want to play a certain crew because they love the models, that's great. If they really like the background... Well, if there's that model teams up with someone else in the background, go, oh, why don't you get this guy? Because in this story, this happens. And they're like, oh, I need to read that story. Yeah. yeah. If they're like Joe and they really like the systems, throw the rule book at them 
play a game and then go, did you know you could have done this? You could have done that. And they'll go, oh, wow, there's so many possibilities. Yeah. And then the peers will grind together. These, these link together and this links together. And um, If you're starting on your own, so if your group doesn't play Malifaux, because if, you, if you're new to it, um, finding someone to teach you yeah. and hopefully getting them to help you, as we've suggested, mm-hmm. and we put some ideas in. If you're starting off from scratch... That starter box way of doing things is great. Yeah. Leaving out the when you when you're picking the streams schemes and strategies, I always struggle with that. <laughs> picking only two and playing just everyone having the same two yeah. uh, schemes is really good. You you did that with Colin when you first started, yes, because you're not trying to consider what the other person might mm-hmm. have as well. Yeah, working your way through them and playing. Well, this game we're going to do this yeah. this strategy with these two schemes. And, and playing through them and seeing how they all work can be really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Just building up those ideas slowly. Now, taking them step by step. If you want to go... If you're the sort of people that, that don't like playing <coughs> cut-back versions of things and you want to, the full Malifaux experience, Yeah. Um, I've got a selection that I would suggest you start with. Okay. Because it introduces you nicely to most aspects of Malifaux mm-hmm. without needing to go too far into the complex ones. Yeah. So I'd suggest you use your standard deployment. Yeah. Yeah. For a strategy, I would suggest Turf War. Now, it's a really easy one. You place a single marker at the centre of the table. Yeah. And after every turn after the first, at the end of the turn, you earn a victory point if you have two or more non-peon models within six inches. Yep. Yeah. Really easy. So run to the middle of the board and get the other people out of being in the middle yes. of the board. Yeah. You always have a line in the sand, which is putting scheme markers on the central line of the board. Which you, if you're running towards the middle of the board, yay. you're going to be placed for it anyway. Yeah. Um, another one I quite like that I think works nicely is Bodyguard. Yeah. It's the first of the ones that would be generated. Yeah. Um, you pick a model and it has to be alive. Yeah. The longer it stays alive, the more points you get. Yeah. Assassinate, kill the enemy leader. Again, quite easy to do. Fairly straightforward as well. Yeah, yes. and you get bonus points for doing it quickly. Yeah, so the quicker you can murder them, the better. Yeah. Just like in real life. Yes. <laughs> um, going then slightly off to explore some of the other av- avenues, deliver a message. Okay. Now, deliver a message is an interesting one. You have to take a, a non-leader, non-peer model, must take a two-interact action. So yep. it's quite, you know, you can't be really moving first. Targeting the enemy leader. Yeah. At which point they get to say, ha ha, I had this. Your papers are served. Yes. Yeah. Have, a, yeah. have a thing, I get some victory points. Um, this is one that can be um, revealed at the start as well, so it gets you into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah line in the sand is the same way as well. Yes, and then the last one I would suggest is another scheme marker one, which is Power Ritual. Okay. Um which works on having scheme markers in table corners. Okay, cool. So none of them are too complex. You still have that, I've taken stuff, they've taken stuff, who's taken what. And I think it just works as, if you use that as your general, your starting set of schemes and strategies and play a few games like that, it gives you a nice introduction to the bluffing aspect. (laughs) I'm going to run up and put... I'm going to start the game by running to the corners and putting some scheme markers down and then run up the sides and put some scheme markers on the centre line and they're going to go, oh, he's, done, he's doing line of the sand and this. 
and then you run in and punch their master in the face and go, I killed him. Yeah. I get points. Yeah. So That's you, one of the best things about Malifaux as well. You yeah. start getting into knowing this... exactly what your opponent's victory yeah. conditions are. You get into yeah. this fun bluffing thing. Um, it's much more socially interactive than just, I move my things, roll my dice, you take some models off. Yeah. yeah. Roll four saves. Okay. Yeah. Take a leadership check. Cool. Your turn. Yeah. What were they? Just, just so people can get them again. Um, so you are taking standard deployment. Yep. Your strategy is turf war. Your schemes are a line in the sand, bodyguard, assassinate, deliver a message, and power ritual. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And I, 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 I like those as yeah. selections, actually. I think they're quite good just to get people into it. Play a few games with that. Then you can either play around with randomly generating them, or you mm. could say, well, actually, none of us have really taken this. Why don't we try this one as well? Because that might be a good option for us. Yeah. You can start mixing or if them. Everyone's around. taking the same one. Random, like change. Take it out. One. Take yeah. it out. Yeah, we've we've mastered that. One. Every time people are playing assassinate. Yeah. Right. Take or, it out. Or yeah. if you like the schemes, take turf war and change that for a different yeah. one. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of things you can do with it. Yeah. Um, if you once you've done a lot of stuff with those, I'd recommend looking at the new ones as well. Yeah. The 2016 ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, gaining ground yes. ones I believe moving on from that then oh any more tips and advice just general things I mean we, we, we basically we've mentioned take it slowly build the concepts up yeah um, we've given you a, a quite a comprehensive list of masters which was probably the main body of this because it yeah, seems to be where yeah. people are like should I take this one if you've really got your heart set on something for thematic reasons for story reasons for model reasons don't be afraid to go for it but just bear in mind that you might find your first few games more difficult yeah. or you're going to have to commit to more models yeah. or you're going to you know you're going to be weaker till you've got x y and z and mastered this this and this yeah so just just bear that in mind and i would say take your first half dozen games or so as a learning <coughs> experience yeah. each time you play you should be picking up something new and getting slightly better not necessarily winning and conquering everyone by yeah. your third game so don't don't be afraid. And if you're again, if you're trying to get people into your thing, if someone's brand new and they're clutching their, they've got their Lucius box. Okay. <laughs> that's crap. And they've bought some desperate mercenaries to go with it, and everyone's going, "Oh my god, that's an awful crew." Play them, be friendly while you're playing them, and then maybe suggest afterwards in a pleasant way how they could have made that yeah. better, what they could have done. I like talking about the game afterwards and go turn three when I did that I completely did that wrong yeah. Yeah. and because we're not playing anymore you know you're getting that feedback from yeah. the other player oh if you'd have done that I'd have been screwed or nah because I'd have just done this and you I, get I thought when learning. you did this you were going to do that and I was terrified and then you ran in the opposite direction and I went what the fuck are you doing there <laughs> yes and that's why you lost <laughs> you know that, that can be a... did I do that <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing I might do I think do. so and I did at one point there's been a couple of times with different people where yeah. I've looked at a situation and gone, I would now do this, 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 then this, and then this would happen. Yeah. And then they've gone, I activate this in the other side of the board and do a thing. And I've gone, yeah. what? Now, something that this game that you need to do with Malifaux, because of the way it plays, that in, in 40k, you will generally go, right, in my turn, that's going to shoot that, that's going to shoot that, that'll do that, that'll move over there, I'll charge them, and then stuff will happen, and then they'll react. In this, because it's one model, one model, one model, one model, Having a plan, ah, this turn, I want to move over there, do a thing, shoot that guy, do this and do that. You can guarantee two turns later, none of your options are going to be there anymore <laughs> because they fucked around and moved some stuff and done a thing and that thing's in cover. Now they shot your bloke in the head and <laughs> yeah. generally the entire plan's a mess. Yeah. 
I'm not saying don't be proactive, but get good. Just, just get good. Yeah, just get get good. Um, but dark souls. <laughs> try not to rely so much on having a plan and react a bit to what yeah. they're doing. Have a. I, I think have a plan once you've got your schemes and strategies down. Mm-hmm. They're what you should be working towards. Yes. Most of what you're doing should be focused on. Is this going to help me towards these? But it might be that something happens that you need to deal with. Yep. Something blocks what you're doing, and then yeah, you react to it. Um, and one of the reasons I think Joe that you're winning most of the games at the moment is you're the most reactive player. Yeah. You, I can see what you're going to do at the start of the turn, and I will go right. I'm going to mess with that, which is what I, mm. I like to go. Oh, they're going to do this. I'll do that. And I can see with other people it kind of puts them in their gears and, and yeah. slows them down. You go, oh, he's done that. Right, I'll do this instead. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that was my next move and you've just messed with it. Um, and it's we're all starting to develop that mm-hmm. now. The yeah. More that it's, we, it's, the more that we play. Um, it's a key aspect of wargaming, I feel, being able to... What's the, it's the whole saying of no plan survives contact with the enemy. Yes. Um, it's especially true in Malifaux. Places you can go then. Uh, to develop, get better, get a better understanding of the game. Malifaux, the Forbidden Zones. <laughs> <laughs> the Bayou. Yes. Bayou. It's, it's, it's silly there. Bayou. Bayou. Bayou is how it's There you go. The Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> we ha- This is our sixth, no, this is our seventh Malifaux-focused episode. Mm-hmm. So we've got some other ones that you mm. can listen back to, um, if you like. Um you can obviously like and subscribe us and do all that that jazz, and we will love you for it. Yeah. But there are lots and lots of other really good resources out there. We've mentioned A Weird Place, which is a Facebook group. Yes. Uh, W-Y-R-D. Yes, after Weird Games, the, yeah. the creator. Um, really, really good. Really great community. Been really welcoming. Yes. I've asked them all sorts of silly questions, and they've seen some beautiful models. Oh. And that has actually inspired me. I haven't been painting as much because it's the kind of thing that takes a lot of effort for me. Mm. Um, and I've been putting it off and putting it off. And I've got back into painting in the last month just from seeing, joining that and seeing what they're it doing. Makes me cry. Um, Pull My Finger is mm. the Malifaux Wiki, yeah. um, which good. has lots mm. and lots and lots of... It has an article for every model, basically, telling yeah. you how to use it, how to play it, tips, tactics, and how to deal with it. So... Joss is an absolute pain in my backside. I can go on there, look up Joss and work out how to murder him, which is really, really, really good. Yeah. Make sure when you go on there that everything you're reading says M2E, which is shorthand for Malifaux Second Edition, because they do have the old first edition uh, version still available. Yeah. And sometimes you might stumble on the wrong one, especially if it, if it's new and the new version hasn't crept up. Yeah, uh, to the top of the wiki. Yeah, uh, weird. Have a really nice forum. There's some great people on there. Um, really, really helpful. Again, answering questions. Uh, good to chat to. Good to talk to. Etc. Etc. Yeah. So there's lots and lots of places to to go to. And um, again, those soulstone costs. Gmort. Gmort's chaotica for all the box sets is a great way if you're just trying to work out how much you might need to add into a box to get yourself to the soulstone cost that yeah. you're after. Yeah. It's it's really nice that these places aren't full of dicks. Well, yeah, I mean, you can find any established community can be full of very... Sometimes it can be, sometimes come across as a bit hostile or 
not necessarily welcoming to new players. I mean, yeah, the old Games like, Workshop forums back in the day. Yeah, can be. Yeah, do they even have a forum anymore? No, they closed it because it was full of twats and they didn't yeah. want to pay to moderate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've you know having scrolled through occasionally because I'm a lurker rather than actually inter- interact. I'm more inclined to actually interact with these people than I... because they feel because they're they're happy, they're, they're passionate about their game, they're, they're, they want other people to enjoy as much as yes. they do. Yeah, so don't be afraid to to dip in and ask questions. Yeah, because I um, love it. I do also occasionally frequent the Malifaux subreddit on Reddit, and there's again a really good group of people on there that are willing to, to help out yeah. to chat to you um, it's quite nice um, so we'd like to, to hear from you uh, your experiences getting into Malifaux your experiences introducing new people have you got any different tips and tactics yeah. different ways of doing it because we are looking we are actively expanding our group at the moment yeah our friends that might play other war games are going oh what are you guys up to and we're going we're playing Malifaux come and join us and we're we're actively trying to recruit more players it's better for all of us the more people that are into it yeah makes the models easier to get hold of if lots of people are buying them for instance Um, games are easier to pick up we're saying we need to play more games well that's because our group is very small there's not a lot of other places to go if you guys are busy I don't have anyone else to play with yeah Oh, sad for you. I know. So the more people that are playing, the, the better. Yeah. And you get that mix. I'll learn things about my crew that I won't get just playing the same yeah. people over and over again. We've avoided... Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah, we've avoided the Gremlins because we consider them the same as the Orcs in 40k, the the, the joke faction type of thing. But actually, like you said, there's lists out there showing them being really competitive. And we might sort of learn a love and appreciation from having another player play against. Yeah, so so it's really good. So anything you, you... any tips for us any recommendations anything you think we've got completely wrong if we have got any of the rules or anything wrong or have badly explained them please let us know if you're you're in the know because we will in the description of of wherever you you let us know we will we will correct that we will make sure that we're not spreading any misinformation I'm 95% certain most of what we said is good yeah but when you're talking and you're drinking lots of energy drink and it's 4 million degrees like Mm. it is in this room um, mistakes do creep in um, and you know we'll fess up and we'll make sure that that's clear because yeah. we don't want to lead anyone down the wrong path did you start with a really weird master who we've said don't touch and had a really great experience learning them yeah. uh, that kind of thing um, yeah why are gremlins so good because Joe's now showing me a poll where gremlins appear to be the faction that everyone's got down as winning everything yeah um, arcanists are normally very near the top yeah. and they are Second bottom, third bottom? Third bottom. Third bottom. So there are four ahead of them, oh, which yeah. is uh, disappointing. But that's also one of the things that's quite enjoyable about this. Things flex and change. And yes, not because they've yeah. introduced something brand new that's completely ruined the whole... That everyone must buy. It's no, somebody's no. realised a trick that works really well on a crew and everybody's gone, this is amazing. And everybody's having to react and really learn how to do so all ag- these tricks. Again, it's not something overpowered has been introduced. No, it's just somebody's learned something new about it. Yeah. Mm. Which is awesome. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you very much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it when you do. Uh, so thank you Um, we will be back in a month with another monthly Malifaux yes 
but in the meantime, there will be three or four more podcasts, one every week in between. Mm-hmm. We'll be covering maybe a tabletop RPG, a board game, a different war game. Occasionally, we talk about video games. Yeah. Uh, but I'm actually playing far more tabletop stuff now yeah. than video game. Um, Do look out for our talk of Netrunner coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, Netrunner is something we're going to get into... Not Over the next month? It's our next podcast will be on Netrunner. Yes, um, after I've attended a tournament and ooh, yes. brought back my findings. And I have played a game. <laughs> um, because we're going to be introducing a new Critical Twit. We yep. will. Um, dun, dun, dun. We're going to be launching our website soon. Dun, dun, dun. And there's just going to be loads of stuff going on. So please, if any of that sounds interesting, uh, please subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can come and join us for some of those as well. Thank you very much. Uh, we've been really, really, really warm. Yes. But also the critical twits. Um, I've been Brian Sweaty Ennis. I've been Aaron the Melting Ravinsky. And I've been Joe, warm, not in a friendly way, Lewin. (laughs) (laughs) That's every day. (laughs) Yes. Today isn't different, Brian, just because I'm hot. So thank you very much for uh, listening. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, Joe's going to say goodbye because he never says goodbye. Bye. It's all about journeys now, isn't it? Everything has to have a fucking journey. You don't as have long pets as the song doesn't have to play, we're fine. <laughs> they were a band. <laughs> they did lots of songs. They Sorry. did that one song that everyone knows. Yeah, that memorable one. Don't stop believing. You brought this on yourself. <laughs>